Over the last two weeks, I've had the privilege of going into uh, one of the main secondary schools in the town and um, being able to do Christmas lessons. Uh, so it's a year seven and eight. Uh, in old money, that's uh, 11, 12 years old and uh, maybe a few 13s in there if you're old enough. And um, I've, I've been able to share alongside uh, Liz, who's up at Christchurch, the story of Jesus at Christmas to over 400 students. I'm so blessed that we're able to do that in this town. It's amazing, and I thank God for that every single day. And during one of the lessons, I referred to a well-known verse that we know as Christians, um, but maybe we don't use as much at Christmas time. Okay, and hopefully if there's a PowerPoint, yeah, this one, John three sixteen. We all know it really well, don't we? Shall we say it? Come on. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him shall not perish but have eternal life. The reason I use this passage of Scripture is because I was spurred on uh, by the gifts that the wise men gave to Jesus. So we had gold. What does gold represent? Well, king. king, okay. So they declared the king of the Jews, king of kings. All right. Frankincense, what's that? What, what did that symbolise? It's coming there. Sorry? He's a be a priest, thank you, John. You know these things, I love it. Yeah, that, that Jesus would be this priest. The frankincense was put onto the altar and it was a sweet-smelling uh, fragrance that went up to heaven. And myrrh. What on earth is myrrh? Anybody know? Yes, you put on dead bodies. I called it the death cream. Because that's what happened. It was a cream that you'd put on dead bodies ugh, to stop them from rotting and going nasty and smelling. Okay? And all these three things symbolise Jesus' life, that he was going to be king, he's our high priest, and that he would die for us, for our sins. Okay? We use the statement in the lessons, Jesus was born to die. And for many of the students, they were like, no way, that's out of order, that's really sad, that's annoying. He didn't come here just to die. Yeah, he kind of did, guys. Actually, we said it was a little bit more than just that. He taught us how to live by being that priest, by showing us how to be set apart, how to be holy. And then he beat death. Yes, come on, give me a yes. Yes. Or give me a dab. All right. <clears throat> Kids these days. Uh, so it was great, absolutely fantastic that Jesus actually beat death. Beat death by coming back to life, giving us access to him. By the way, Easter, Easter lessons are now booked in. <laughs> it's crazy what uh, a few Christmas lessons could do. So it was really exciting. Uh, but John 3.16 came up a couple of other times uh, for me over the last couple of weeks, which is really interesting. Now, Katie Gowland, who's probably gone out with the Littlands, but she mentioned uh, John 3.16 whilst we were having a youth worship evening here. She said, is there anybody got scriptures that they feel God has shared with them that they'd like to read out? And she just started off, she goes, it's really weird, but I've just got John 3.16. And I was like, ha, 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 okay, see where we're going with this one now. Because that's the scripture I was pondering on to share about this morning. 
And there was another one as well, which I'd actually written, uh, read, not written, <laughs> I've written a book. It'd be very short. Uh, I've read a book recently by this guy. Um, ben, can you stick it up? Okay, there we go. It's called Tim Tebow, and it's a book called Shaken. Now, it's inspired by uh, What on Earth service that we did, where we had a poem done, and it was about uh, this guy's life and kind of how he has pursued God. It's a fantastic book. I highly recommend it. It's on perseverance. It's on keep going, keep sticking at it, okay? And how God has used this man's life. Now, he's an American footballer, or was. He now plays baseball in America, You can see his guns popping out there of his shirt. So he's he's pretty well built. It's a brilliant book, and I would actually recommend getting it. I have my copy here. Um, But there's one part that jumped out at me that was kind of one of those wow moments. This is awesome. Okay? And if you can put the next picture up, Ben. This is what he became famous for. Okay? Playing American football, underneath your eyes, it's an anti-glare kind of grease kind of paint that the American footballers and a lot of uh, sports people wear. It's to stop the glare from all the lights, okay? And he thought, I'm going to stick some passages of scripture on there because I'm a Christian, all right? So he started with a few passages. He started with Philippians 4.13, which is, uh, is that the scripture says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. It's a good verse for us in life, but especially as an American footballer, when you're just about to be hit by pretty much a freight train, okay? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me, okay? So he's like using scripture in his life, in his sport. And he changed it to John 3.16. Now I'm going to read from the book, if you're okay with that, because these words describe it a lot better uh, than, than, than mine. So let me just find the page. There we go. On January the 8th, 2009, during the national championship game, I wore John 3.16 on my eye black, so they call it. After we defeated Oklahoma, coach, my parents and I ate dinner together at a restaurant in Gainesville. As we chowed down, that's the American version for eating food, uh, as we chowed down, his phone rang. Coach Mayer's responses to whoever was on the phone were very curt and short. Yep. Uh-huh. It's my American. Oh. Okay, then. <laughs> Bye now. Well, he said as he turned to us, nodding his face, stretched in a bit of a smile. I was just told that 94 million people Googled John 3.16 during the game. 94 million people. There's about 70 million people in this country. That's 24 million more. An entire country, pretty much, Googling John 3.16. I'm going to read on a little bit more, okay? Now, exactly three years after wearing the John 3.16... Oh, you can see it up there, can't you? That's all right. I'm pointing it to up there. You can't do it next. After three years after wearing John 3.16 for the first time, I was playing for the Broncos. So he's playing for a different team now. NFL rules now forbid him, or forbade him, from wearing personalised messages on iBlacks. They'd outlawed it, stopped it, because too many people were doing it. But still, without any help from me, the John 3.16 theme continued. 
In one of the most memorable games in my career, we beat the heavily favoured Steelers 29-23. to Our team's PR guy, public relations, for those of you who don't know, flagged me down just, uh, just before my post-game press conference. Hey, Timmy! Patrick blurted out, his face flushed. Do you have any idea what just happened? Uh, yeah, we just beat the Steelers. I started to say something sarcastic in a joking manner, but dialed it back when I noticed how serious he looked, like he was about to say something really important. Do you know that it's exactly three years since you wore John 3.16? During that game, you threw for 316 yards. Your yards per completion were 316 The time of possession, he had the ball, was 31.06 and the ratings for the night were 31.6 million people. And during the game, 90 million people googled John 3.16. Wow. To think all those years ago, all I'd wanted was just to do something different with iBlack. I felt so small in that moment. I didn't know it was exactly three years later and I didn't know what God was doing or that he was even doing anything at all. I was focused on doing what I needed to do to win a playoff game. And as far as the eye black went, well, it had become habitual, something I did without much thought. Like brushing my teeth. It's not like I asked God to do something huge with it. I was reminded that God is a big God and he is always at work with or without me, just goes to show you that we never know what God can do with the small choices we make, with the stands we make, or with something positive we do, even unintentionally. I loved reading that. I was bowled over. I even watched an interview where it actually shares that with the interviewer. And it's just, it just reminded me so much that, that God can do anything, anything, as simple as we think about even writing John 3.16 on iBlack, reached millions of people, literally millions of people. We don't know how many may have come to Christ because of that. What an amazing witness. And the story of Jesus is so similar, is so uh, easy for us to understand, I think, because it is, it is right there in the ballpark, as I might have to say it. God so loved the world that he sent himself. Emmanuel, God with us, God with flesh on. Born to a teenage girl, engaged to a carpenter, who then became Jesus' stepdad. Poured into a tiny baby. Born in a small town called Bethlehem, laid in an animal feeding trough. We've heard it all this morning. And visited by lowly, stinky shepherds. I think you're not too stinky this morning, so you're all right. And given gifts that you wouldn't normally give a baby at all, especially myrrh. If anyone buys me myrrh for Christmas, they'll have words with them, I reckon. (laughs) To most people at the time, and probably still today, this is a small, insignificant story in history. Okay? At that time, they wouldn't really have known all about it. It was a blip on the global scale, as it were, all right? But for us as Christians, we recognise the huge impact it's had on our lives. This great big God. 
To quote Ralph W. Sockman, which is a great surname, Sockman, literally, the hinge of history hangs on the door of a Bethlehem stable. At that point in time, the world was changed. The universe was changed. It's what we're celebrating this Christmas, that this tiny baby came to earth, has the potential to change our future. I love that. Just like Tim Tebow, as Christians, I believe we've got a job to do. We have to share this good news. We can't keep it to ourselves, okay? No matter how small a deed we think uh, for Jesus is, it can have a huge impact. I think in my life of the times when I've shared Jesus with people and the impact that's then had on their lives, their eternity's changed. They're now going to be with Jesus forever. That's a huge thing in a tiny little conversation. Tiny little things. And I love the fact, who were the first people that visited Jesus? The first ones. Maybe I mentioned they were stinky. Shepherds. The first people to visit Jesus were the lowest of the low. The night watch as a shepherd was the worst one. That's where the wolves and the bears and the lions would come at night time to steal the sheep. And there they were, the worst night watch, and the first people to hear about Jesus were the shepherds. And the shepherds liked to chat. It says in Luke 2, verse 17 and 18, that the shepherds then went and told everybody else. The angels had shut the doors, had gone up to heaven, done their thing. You know, we told everyone, now it's over to you. And the shepherds would gossip. Oh, did you hear about so-and-so the other day and his sheep? Oh, yeah, got eaten by a wolf. It was awful, terrible, nightmare. Want a coffee? Yeah, come on, let's go and have a... They were gossipers. They would chat. They'd sit up on there chatting about whatever was going on down in Bethlehem. And there was loads going on, probably, because it was a census. It was madness. And here they were, asked to go and share the good news of Jesus. And in Luke's Gospel, it told us that they went throughout Bethlehem and told everybody the good news of Jesus Christ. Time up, thank you. Ten minutes, thanks, son. (coughs) Two more. Sorry, two more. (laughs) It was great because they gossiped the Gospel. Gossip is a bit of a nasty thing. We don't like gossip, do we? We don't like, oh, so-and-so's chatting about so-and-so, and and chatting about actually so-and-so. It's just on their heart. Actually, we need to be gossipers of the gospel. We need to be able to tell everybody that we see about Jesus. Have you heard about this guy called Jesus? He came down to earth a baby, God, in human flesh. Wow! How awesome is that? We need to gossip that. We need to tell people this is awesome stuff. Not just, oh yeah, Jesus is just, yeah, he went to church on Sunday and, you know, a bit embarrassed. No, this is good news. This is great news. The King of Kings born to us. This is what we're celebrating. It's good news and we need to celebrate it. We sung a great song. I haven't sung that in years. Come on and celebrate. It's a fantastic song. I used to sing it when I was a teenager. Scary, isn't it? (laughs) But it's a great song. So just at this Christmas time, we've got a great part to play in the story of Jesus. That's what I love about it. We might think that we're small and insignificant and we haven't got a part to play. We've got a huge part to play. For each one of us who calls on the name of Jesus, who believes in this Son sent to earth to die for us, to rise again, to be at the right hand of the Father, that's our destiny. That's where we're going. How cool. 
But we need to share that good news. We need to share that good news. And if this morning you're here and you do not know uh, what I'm on about, (laughs) we do not know who this Jesus character is, I will say to you personally, it's the best decision I've ever made in my life. I know that my eternal salvation, my eternal destiny is with Jesus Christ. When he comes back for me, he says he'll take me again. He's right now preparing a place for me, which I love. He's preparing a place for all of us who call themselves Christians. Christ followers. And if you do not know who Jesus is this morning, at this Christmas time, I want to invite you to make a decision to say, I want to find out a little bit more about Jesus. This tiny little baby that we celebrate, that we've sung happy birthday to. This tiny little baby, God poured into flesh, changes our lives and changed the world's life. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, so that whoever, whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And just to say that as well, we're going to be running uh, an Alpha course after Easter, still a bit of a time away, but please take one of these leaflets uh, just out in the foyer there. We'd love for you to come and hear more about Jesus, who he is, why he came, what church is all about. I think a lot of us will probably go on that one. Uh, what is church all about? Who is the Holy Spirit? All this kind of stuff. So please join us. Let me pray for us. We've got one more special thing to do before we finish. Father God, I want to thank you that you sent your son, that you sent Jesus to us. And I pray, Father, that at this Christmas time, we may know you more and more. Father, I just thank you for Kingdom Kids who have have, have shared so brilliantly this morning through scripture and through song, uh, you coming to earth as a baby, growing up to be this man, this leader, this Christ. And Father, we thank you that you died on the cross, you rose again, that we may have uh, entrance into heaven. We thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen.